Good morning. Guten Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Parashas Vayikra Tovshin Pe'alif. Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Before the Drusha of Shabbos Hagadol. Which really, it's like a pre-Shabbos Hagadol. Because next week is going to be the real Shabbos Hagadol. But since it's going to be Erev Shabbos, which it's going to be Shabbos Kodesh. Erev Pesach. So therefore, it's going, there's going to be so many things that are happening. So the Rabbanim make the drushes on the Shabbos before. And I saw on the shoulder this morning that Rav Sternbuch Shlita should be Gazot Nshtarek, one of the Zikne Hador, one of the great Gedolim and Poskim, and the Rav of our shul here in Harnov is going to be giving the drusha on Matzi Shabbos at 9 o'clock. So we see that it's not necessarily a, a real Shabbos, a God drusha, which usually takes place on Shabbos. But it's the time period where we're getting closer to Pesach. And there's no question we all want to be ma'orer, we want to be mis'orer, we want to be aroused in order to be able to get the fullest amount of preparation before Shabbos al comes in. I saw brought down in, in one of the Hasidish Shesvarim that this Shabbos was called in the Hasidish world the Shabbos HaPnuya, the, the empty Shabbos, the, the Shabbos which there was no specific uh, laning like we've had in the previous weeks, We've had the four parashiyas, the Dalai parashiyas, and uh, next week we have a special laning for the Shabbos HaGadol because of the Aftarah. But this week, it's Shabbos HaPnuya. And one of the things, the sentiments I saw brought down from Epshleim Eger was that just like the Pnuya also represents the girl who is waiting to get engaged, waiting to meet her husband. So we also in Klal Yisrael were like the Pnuya. The Pnuya is that holy, holy woman who's waiting to find her Shidduch to get married. And the same way we are waiting for our Shidduch with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is coming to us as we get closer to this Gevaldike Yontif of the Yontif of Pesach. And how befitting is that should be, that should come out on the same Shabbos as Parshas Vayikra. Because Parshas Vayikra, we know, is the beginning of the Limud of Kachim. It's called Torah's Kohanim. It's the Torah that the Kohanim learn, the Torah that we all learn, but we realize the Kohanim are the ones that do the Avod and the Beis HaMikdash. So, Matoiv Manoim, to be Maschil in the Sefer Vayikra. We know that there's a minig in Klal Yisrael, that little children, when they begin to learn, so they, the first Pasuk, or the first Psukim that they learn, of the Psukim in the beginning of Sefer Vayikra. And then they go back and they learn Bereshis. And the question is, why did they start in Sefer Vayikra? So the Chazal say, Rav Asi says, Would it make more sense, more logical to learn from Bereshis, which is a lot easier to comprehend than all of the difficult halachas, which every single one of us, even as older people, we have difficulties understanding all the nuances of the halachas. Ela shatinaikas tahirin. Tinaikas, they're pure. Vakarbanas tahirin. And the karbanas are pure. Yavayu tahirin, v'yasaskipatahirin. The pure should come and they should be ma'asik. They should be involved with tahirin. I saw brought down from Reb Shimshim Pink, his yard site is coming up. He was literally, when he was nifter, everyone said that he was like the carbon Pesach because literally it was Erev Yantif of Pesach. We remember that tragic event so many, so many years ago. And he writes in a Sefer Teferis Torah an interesting muscle, an interesting insight, because logically, 
a person would say, why should we learn the halachas of kachim, which is so difficult, even for beginning stages, with the ketanim, there's so many different facets, where you do the shechita, what's the Kabbalah Saddam, how do you do the zrika? and if the children, the child's going to be involved in it, it's going to be difficult for him, why should we bother him with it? We should rather start out with Sefer Bereshis, maybe in Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha, it's a lot easier to understand, even Sefer Bereshis, my is, that we don't start out with Lech Lecha, we start out with Sefer Bereshis, which begins with the world is Tov Avohu, which creates a lot of Tov Avohu, a lot of difficulties for people to understand what was before the world was created. Why do we start with things which logically we don't necessarily understand that this is the way we should start the teachings that we teach our children when they begin the Torah process? So it brings a muscle. person bought a new car, and it's a beautiful car. It looks beautiful. It's shiny on the outside. And he drives it away from the dealership. And after he drives it home, he takes it out for another spin, and all of a sudden the car stops. So what does he do? He quickly runs to the mechanic, and he says, the car's not working. So the car says, so the mechanic says, did you put uh, any gas inside? Because we only gave you like $5 worth of gas. So he says, what's, what's gas? He says, I don't know what gas is. He says, it doesn't make a difference. So the, the, the person says, it doesn't make a difference. Just go get the gas and put the gas in. So he goes to the gas station. He fills up uh, a few liters of gas because his car is, 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 is at home. And he smells the smell of the gas and smells so foul. It smells so bitter. And he's thinking about putting this foul-smelling liquid into his car. And he says, what? This doesn't make any sense. Why should I put it in? And he goes back to the mechanic. And the mechanic says, why are you asking such questions? I'm telling you, we know the way cars are made. And cars need gas. And gas works. And even though it smells foul, but that's the way the, mechanic, that's the, way the mechanical apparatus works. Don't ask questions. Chazal are teaching us a lesson over here. This is the nimshal. The nimshal is that tahirim they relate to tahirim. Sure, karbanis. You take a look at the, at the at the simple understanding. There's shechita and there's rika and there's there's ishim. There's all kinds of difficult things. And you're taking the different the different avarim and the padarim and you're laying them out. Why would you want to teach that to children? The answer is is that Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the humankind, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the Karbanas. We'll soon see what the purpose of Karbanas is. And the Karbanas bring us closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the ones that are closest to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in their, in their first stages of life are the Tinaikash of Yisrael. They have a higher level of Kedusha entirely. They haven't been tainted by the effects of societal pulls during the course of their people's lives. So therefore... We say that these children, they have a better fit to understand what the Kabbalahs are out. And therefore, they're the ones that we teach them in the beginning stages that they should learn about the Kedusha Vatar, because they themselves are Kedusha Vatar. And that's why also when we speak about learning Sefer Bereshis, we don't necessarily run to Lech Lecha, to the stories of Avram and Yitzchak. No, we start out with Bereshis, Bar Lokimah, Zashmai Lord. We teach the concepts of Emuna. That HaKadosh Baruch is the one that created the world. And little children are able to inculcate that into their lives. That there is a creator. He created the world. He created Adam and Chava. He created Gan Eden. And even though there was a sin and they had to be banished, that's all part of man's trials and tribulations. But there's a concept of tshuva. All of these concepts of things, which when we learn Sefer Vayikra, we should try to inculcate into our lives that this is the derech that the Torah is teaching us.
We're all familiar with the Sefer Vayikra, where the Pasuk says, Vayikra Hashem El Moshe, HaKadosh Baruch calls out to Moshe, Vayikra El Moshe, Vayidabra Hashem El Moed Lamer. He calls to him from the El Moed, and everyone recognizes the little Aleph mentioned in the Zoom Shmuz, and the famous Balaturim, Balaturim says, why is there a little Aleph, what's called the Aleph Zeira? Because Moshe Rabbeinu was such an honor. He didn't want to have the word Vayikra, which means a language of being called Bechavivus. He wanted to have the same language as Bilam, which is Vayikar, Vayikar, Lashon Mikra, which is used when HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaks to Bilam. As if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not really speaking to him, like he spoke to Bilam in a chalaim, the same way he's going to be speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu, even though Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have a chalaim. Moshe Rabbeinu had a complete, complete revelation, as Meira. But no, Moshe Rabbeinu was such an love. I don't want to be known as someone that has a complete relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu no, said, no, I got to write an Aleph, because I want, I want everyone to know that Moshe Rabbeinu is greater than Bilam. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, please, 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 he begged him. It was an amazing thing. Moshe Rabbeinu is arguing with Akadosh Baruch Hu. No, please don't write it. Don't write it. Don't write the olive. So Akadosh Baruch Hu says, "Listen, I got to write an olive, because of but because of your request, I'm going to turn it into a small olive. So therefore, he made a small olive, the olive zeir. That's the olive zeir which we have of here, and this teaches us the great lesson of an attitude of how we should look at how we learn Torah. We ourselves are like the Tanaka Shabbos Rabbin. We ourselves can't have a full understanding. We should be modest, just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The little Aleph, the way we become um, great is by recognizing that that little Aleph, that, that the littleness, when a person says, I don't understand, but I want to learn HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah, and maybe this is the lesson that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to get over, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu agreed with him, that in the end of the day, Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the greatest of all of man, he still he was considered so great because he was an un of Mikolam. There's a lesson that all of us should take heed from us, that we should recognize that we all have to be more modest in our application to our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and our relationship with other people as well. It happens to be last night, I was at a bar mitzvah, uh, the son of a, of a Rebbe in the yeshiva, wonderful, wonderful Rebbe, Rebbe Ari Clapper, originally from Queens, New York. And... His son was Zoycha to make a Siyam on Shas Mishnayas. And I have to tell you, I was very, very, uh, I was very, very near Gash, a young boy, Bar Mitzvah boy, finishing Gans Mishnayas, something, a project that he learned with his father. And we see that the children are able to learn Baruch Hashem tremendous amounts, and especially when they, um, when they have a, the concept of Anova. Everything is really a matana from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when we see that there are Talmidah Chachamim that are teaching their children great aspects of Torah and they come to live in Eretz Yisrael to bring up their children in Eretz Yisrael, that also gives us a great, great respect and a great hope. Over here we always like to say over in the Olive Zeira Kasha, which we saw from Rav Shach. Rav Shach Zatzal says, there are the Psukim in Sefer Shmais, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls out to Moshe and it says also Vayikra Moshe. And over there it doesn't say the little Aleph Zeira. Why Dafka over here? Does it say Aleph Zeira? So Rav Shach gives, the way I look at it, as a partial terence. Rav Shach says that Moshe Rabbeinu was constantly fighting with his Yetzirah. 
Because the greater a person is, the bigger Yetzirah a person has. Like I once heard that Rav Moshe Feinstein once said that he worked on a certain Midah for 40 years, and I heard from Yodei Dava that that Midah was the Midah of Anava, the Midah of Humility. Rav Moshe was really saying that he did not have a natural bent towards Anava. Even anyone that met Rav Moshe always thought he was the greatest Anava you ever met. But it was a constant Avodah. And Moshe Rabbeinu had the same battle in his life. As the Chavis Havava says, that the Yetzirah doesn't stop. And if you think you've beat him in this way, he comes at you in a different way. And whatever attitude you had the previous day, you have to look for new ways of fighting the Yetzirah every single day. And if it wouldn't be for that, that Baruch helps you, we wouldn't be able to vanquish him. So Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was seeing that HaKadosh Baruch was going to write down in the, in the Torah of Ayikra, so he, to him, it, this was a new, a new uh, battle. And he said to HaKadosh Baruch please, please don't, don't, don't write down Ayikra, write it by Yikar, because it's too much of a battle, my Yetzirah for Gaiva. And, um, but to me, it's a little bit of, of a, needs a little, begs a little bit of an explanation. Why Dafka over here? He could have had this, he could have had that insight previously. So you could say, Stam, Rav was saying that he was always working on it. Previously, he didn't have that insight, and now he did have the insight. But I was thinking along the lines of the Vart, which we said last week, we spoke about the end of Sefer Shemais, that we saw that Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to enter into the, the Mishkan, even though, he helped, even though he built the Mishkan. And we said that the Mishkan is the epitome of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's big master, Hishchina, and Klaizvim, which is really the final linchpin of what Geula is. And it says, Vayichal Moshe, Moshe Rebbeinu finished all the work, Vayichas Anan, the Anan covered the, the, covered the, the Mishkan, Vilayachal Moshe Lekan, Moshe Rebbeinu could not go in. But when does Moshe Rebbeinu go in? Moshe Rebbeinu goes in in this week's parasha. Over here it says, Vayikra El Moshe, Vayikra Hashem El Moshe, HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls out to Moshe, Ah, over here, Moshe Rabbeinu could have thought, oh, from everyone in Klai Yisrael, who is the one that HaKadosh Baruch was calling out and telling him that you're going, you're going to be involved in the Korbanis, you're going to give over the message of the Korbanis, you're the one that's going to be nichnas into the Mishkan. Moshe Rabbeinu, all of a sudden, he felt that urge of Gaiva. So automatically, what did he do? He, he, he said, he begged the Rabbeinu, please give me help, only write an olive Zeir. Rabbi said, from a little olive Zeir, look how much we could learn. We could learn what it is for a person to fight the battles, not to have gaiva, but try to be mocked in yourself. This is a limud that the tahirim, they're the ones, the tahirim, they're the ones that don't have gaiva. They're the ones that can learn kachim. And we should also emulate, we should also emulate those messages. And we should also try our best to be as tahir as we possibly can be. Concerning the tam of karbonas, it's yadua, the machlok is between the rambam and the ramban. The rambam seems to say that it's a, it's a negative we want, to try, we want to go against the, the people that used to serve different animals. And he brings down that the Mitzrayim would serve animals, we saw, as you know the story. And he says the Kaldayim, and he even brings down people in Hodu, that they, their cows are considered their gods. And therefore we go along and we shech these animals to show we don't believe in Avodah The Ramban asks that L'chaira, we know that there were Kabbalists even before they were of the Avodah Nayach brings a carbon. The Ramban doesn't mention, but other Marishim brings carbonus. And that was before the idol worshippers. And other questions which the Ramban raises. The Ramban himself says that though the Shechita is an order for a person to reflect 
when he sees an animal being shechted, he sees the head being removed, and he sees the different avarim that are being cut, he should look at it himself and he should say, why are these things happening? Because of the different chatoyim that a person has done. And really, that should be instead of my own self, similar to what we shlok kaparis on Yom Kippur. The Ramban says, it's in order for a person to learn lessons that a person should be able to do tshuva. That's the Ramban's shita. And it's in order to be, to, 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 to recognize that the Mizbeach is the place where a person has to be Meisr Nefesh. I heard a vort uh, this week from someone that reflected upon this concept that the Mizbeach is the place where a person has to be Meisr Nefesh for his avoda And everything that we do, it's not only in our avoda Hashem, in our relationships with our spouses, relationships with our children, relationships with our fellow human beings, with our fellow Yidin. person always has to be Meisr Nefesh, you know, Sometimes things, people say things and the person gets, people get slighted and we have to know that there's a certain amount of keeping your mouth quiet, trying your utmost to create an atmosphere, not to say things which are going to cause other people to feel that you're slighting them and to go the opposite way. That's all goes into Mesiris Nefesh. There's a very famous Gemara that the Gemara says, a couple gets divorced, so it says, says, even the Mizbeach starts to cry. And I heard from someone this week, he said over from his father, Rav Shurin, who was a son-in-law of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Zatzal, used to say over that the Mizbeach is the place where the Mizbeach sees the amount of mysterious Nefesh that comes to it with the bringing of the Kabbalahs and a person's reflection that he has to change himself. So what happens? The Mizbeach recognizes what mysterious Nefesh is. But when a couple is not able to get along, when for some reason they're not able to revise the way they say things and their relationship and it becomes so difficult that they're not able to able to maintain a marriage or a relationship and they have to get a get, so it says the Mizbeach, the Mizbeach cries, the Mizbeach says, ah, I wish that they could find the key to be able to resolve their issues, to have the Mesiris Nefesh, able to overcome those different things which cause disaccord. We should try to bring, and especially in the times of the Kabbalahs, when we see we're reading the Paris of the Kabbalahs, trying to bring a cord into our lives, to be Meisah Nefesh, to say the right things, and to look out for each other, to build our families, and the families should be old and pure, and as good as possibly they possibly can be. Another Geval Gevard, Nagea to the Kabbalahs, the Pasuk says, V'hifshit es ha'oyla, v'nitach es nesachera. You should, you should, um, a person's they, they they undid the uh, the the skin, and they cut the different sizes, the different parts of the korbanos. We know that today we don't have korbanos. What do we have? We have tefillah b'makom korbanos. As the Gemara says in Masech the Brachas, that the korban that the tefillahs are connected the korban tamid. We have the tamid shal shachar. That's the tefillah of shachar. It's the tamid shal bein abayim. It's connected to tefillahs of mincha. Myriv is connected. The hectic halav and bevarim, the different limbs and and bones that were put onto the mizbeach, and this is the avoda. The avoda is to have some sort of reflection of the hafshatas ha'oila, the removal of the skin. How do we have that reflection in in, in our tefillas? So we know the Shulchan Aruch says that the real madrega of davening is that a person should try to. Uh, to meditate beforehand, 
to become closer to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and that's why we say the Psukim of Psukim the Zimra and the Ishtabach, in order to reflect upon the greatness of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And man, we know that man is tied into his physical self, but if a person really works at himself, the Shulchan Aruch says in Simen Tzadik Ches that he's able to come to Madrega of what's called his Pashtus Hanefesh, that the Nefesh is mispashit from the Guf, and this relates to the Hefshit Vinituach. In order to, 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 to see, to be Megale, the Chitzanius, remove the Chitzanius, and to look into the Panimius. In the same way, we could understand the concept of the Nituach. The Nituach, the, cup, the chopping of the different, the different parts of the animal, are a reflection that a person has to chop off different parts of himself and hold himself back from his true relationship with HaGadosh Baruch What is that? That's Gaiva. When a person has an ego, he doesn't recognize really everything that Baruch is in charge of him, Kaddish Baruch is giving everything to him, and then it's hard for him to really ask and beseech him HaKadosh Baruch But when a person is machnia the lev, and he has a broken heart, which a person has to have, that's the concept of v'nitach oisel in socheho. And when a person reaches this level, it's possible for him to say, if he's mafshit his, 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 his nefesh from his guf, and he's machnia slave, he did the nituch, then he can possibly say the words with full kavanah, Baruch Atah Hashem, blessed are you Hashem, who gives me everything, gives me das, gives me refuas, and the avod that we have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, everything comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore we say in the beginning of the davening, I saw this brought down from Shimshin Shwab, from Shimshin Shwab in the Mayim Besach Shreva, we say, as we begin the Tfilas, Hashem, Svasay Tiftach. If we've reached the Madrega of really getting so close, which is the big Madrega, something we have to work on, that we are really just being mispassioned as always in the goof. So we say to HaKadosh Baruch Hashem, open up my mouth, because I can't do it my own. I have no kaychus. And the second thing is we say, Upi Yageti I really have nothing else to do. Just my mouth should speak your praises. Ah, what a gavalic way to go into a Shabbos and I want to end off with some great stories which I saw. We're holding, hopefully, as we've said last night, we're hopefully we're seeing that, especially here in Eretz Yisrael, we hope it's throughout the world, the vaccines are coming into the world. And even though the, 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 the pandemic is still around, and there's so many, so many people who've gone through such difficulties and illnesses and people have passed away, but we also have to take a look at the Ashkacha Pratyas stories. I saw three stories. One is a certain Tamil Chacham who had, before Corona, he had a severe illness. And uh, he had a doctor who he used to call, this is pre-cell phone days, whenever he had a serious issue, he would call this doctor. One day he felt very, very weak, and he called the doctor, and by mistake he called the wrong number. And it happened to be the number that he dialed was the number of somebody and it happened to be that that person was sick, and the doctor, that his, his own doctor was at that home, and he spoke to that doctor, answered the phone. So he told him, doctor, I'm having this and this attack. So the doctor said, oh, you should do this and this. And, um, and then he asked him, he said, how did you get this number? He says, I tell you the truth, it was a mistake I, I, I got, uh, that I dialed your number. So we see from over here, there's no mistakes. Rav Shalom said, that from over here we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hashkacha is exact. This person needed the doctor, HaKadosh Baruch dialed the number for him. And he said over, then in 1967, during the, 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 the Six-Day War, 
there were missiles that were fired into Meir Sharm, into Batei Natan, and which is a, one of the neighborhoods in Meir Sharm. And one missile hit a uh, gas balloon, and there was a big explosion, and a big fire started. And it could have ravaged the entire neighborhood. The next missile hit a water tower right next door, and the water tower exploded, and all the water fell onto the fell onto the uh, to the fire and put out the fire. So we saw clearly the same Hakadosh Baruch who allowed the missile to fall onto the to the gas balloon. He caused the other missile to be caused onto the water tower. Hakadosh Baruch was running the world. The same thing over here, Rabbi Zay. Many many people got sick. Many many people were in quarantine. Many, many people survived. Many, many people were saved. What do we see, Rabbi Zai? That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that's ruling the world. The same HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, this one should get it, this one should not get it. There were people who were sick this year with corona. The statistics are that there was less cases of pneumonia this year. Some people say it was because people were wearing masks. Again, all part of the Ashkoch HaPratius of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There was a, a story that took place this year during the corona here in Eretz Yisrael uh, from Tamat Chacham. He got corona and then other members of the family got a corona and he was home because, you know, they're very strict and he was in Bidut and then his son had a bike and the bike was stolen by a group of, of hooligans, of juvenile delinquents who they knew from the neighborhood and they sold the bike. A nice, beautiful bike was 1,500 shackle bike. They called the police. The police said, you have to come down and make a report. The man couldn't go down. He was bidud. So his wife had to go down. His wife went down. She gave a report to the police. She even said, we think it's from this and this group. But there was no way to prove it. Okay, what happens? They get a report back two weeks later. We're not able to see. We don't have any evidence. And the case is closed. Like a lot of times, when they don't have evidence, they just say the case is closed. A week later, this bike was returned by the boy who stole it. The boy who stole it had pangs of tshuva, decided to become a bal tshuva, and he returned it. So what do we see, Rabbi Zai? HaKadosh Baruch made Ashkoch HaPratis. It could be that this child needed, this boy needed to steal in order to have a him of tshuva to feel bad, saying to himself, how can I do this during the times of Corona? And he was able to come about tshuva and to return it. HaKadosh Baruch returned it. So many and so many people went into, went into quarantines. And a certain time, Chacham was thinking about this. What's the lesson? You know what? One child gets it, another child gets it. What's it really teaching? What's the lesson? You know what it's teaching us? It's a lesson that things are catchy. Now we know that things are catchy in positive and negative ways. There's a concept of Avera Gareris Avera. One Avera can breed another Avera. But on the other hand, a mitzvah's gareris mitzvah. If a person really understands that this may be what a Kaddish Baruch Hu is telling us, Kaddish Baruch Hu is telling us, yes, there's a catchiness, there's some sort of illness that goes around, there's a virus that goes around. What's the virus that we want to go around? What we want to send around? We want to send around not negative things, but positive things. Mitzvah gareris mitzvah. Ava gareris ava. Good deeds create good deeds. Rabbi Yisai, Shabbos HaGadol. A gadol is someone who helps others. And we can create that bond with each other. That's going to bring us closer to the Gula. We should be mechazik in our amuna and extend it to others. Be mechazik in our tahara, in our purity, and extend it to others. We should be mechazik in our tefillah, to be mafshit, the, the gashmias, bring out the ruchnias. And 
recognizing that even when things are kosher in, in our lives, but who's the boss? HaKadosh Baruch was the, bo- the boss. All we have to do is to say, Hashem Svasai Tiftach, Baruch HaTah Hashem, Blessed are you, Hashem, that gives us everything. And if we do that, then we'll be Zoycha Mitz Hashem to the Gula Shleimim Heir of Yemen, Amen, Amen. Wishing everyone a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day.